You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Mm-hmm. We're honest. We love that you're tuning in. Yes, it is humbling every week when we get emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com that are confirming what we're talking about or adding new information or questions or thoughts, but it's basically letting us know we're impacting. And I mean, it's, it's humbling to know we're invited into people's lives to the depths that we are on a regular basis. We're invited into their bedrooms sometimes. <laughs> sometimes people give us some really gory information, but we're grateful for that. That's true. Because it and, helps. And it that, helps to know what they're struggling with. That reminds me of the, we were in somebody's head when it came to their sex life <laughs> and they had to figure out how to get us out of their head so they could actually get with their partner. And I mean, but hey, if it helps you, that's what we're about because we want marriage to be the hotbed for sex. We want it no, to you're, be. You're not, you're not referring to the women who have a major crush on you, right? That, that's not the kind of help that you're referring to, right? Um, okay, <laughs> you know, let's go with that. No, I'm joking. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is we want, the, we want stuff to be directed towards your partner because the mar- marriage is the hotbed for the best sex that there can be. Research continues to show that, and we want to continue to confirm that and, and lift that up. It, it, but if it's our voice and our psychobabble and our reasoning and our pushing you to confront your issues, if, if that's what it takes to light a fire under your behind mm-hmm. to create the sex life of your dreams and the marriage of your dreams and therefore the family of your dreams, then that's what we're here for. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> and so the way you can repay us is jump on iTunes, leave us some sort yeah. of review, uh, five stars if you love it, because that helps us climb the charts. And as of recording this, we were just a few comments or a few uh, reviews short of 300 reviews. And so that's cool. a big milestone. So it, it, it's been a it's been a very good couple of months for Sexy Marriage Radio as far as we've, we've broken the response, some records, haven't we? Yeah, the response, the numbers, the downloads, the reach, the emails that come in to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So we want to have all of that continue because that's something that tells us that we're making an impact and that you guys are making an impact because that's where I think our, our listeners are the best ones out there. They're the sexiest ones on the face of the planet as far as I'm concerned. So mm-hmm. we want just that message to continue to spread far and wide. And we also want, because the early birds uh, discount time frame is coming to a close quickly Yeah, for the sexy marriage radio, yeah, for the sexy marriage radio getaway here in the DFW area, right by the Galleria. Should at that be, posh hotel yes, that you picked out La for Meridian. So it should it's be a gorgeous. lot of fun, and we want you to join us. So if, you, if you're thinking about joining us and you haven't yet, what are you waiting for, man? Get on the, the, the web and, and sign up. Reserve Once we're full, we're full, yeah. and we're really only a few couples away yeah. from being full. Right? So come, we're over halfway full. So come join us. Yes, come join us at uh, June 23rd to the 26th. And we're going to have just a, a fantastic time because it looks like it's shaping up to be a great, a great four days again. And no matter where they are in their relationship, like we had couples last time that, yeah, they'd already been swinging from the chandelier, but we also had couples there that hadn't had sex in a really long time. Yep. So know that no matter where you are on that spectrum, 
we promise that we will help you move closer to your goal of becoming more sexually connected with one another, mm -hmm. no matter what that looks like. Exactly. We will try to put as many tools in your tool belt to help you help yourself have the sex life that you want. Yep. And that's one that leads to a perfect segue into what we're talking about today, because mm. if you think about marriage and if you've been married any length of time, there have been, how do you say it? Indiscretions is too strong. Because that leads to a lot of other, uh-oh, what have you done? But I think there still are yeah. indiscretions. But how about how about disillusionments? That works. Or, Disappointments. Or frustrations. Flat-out egregious, um, mm. I can't believe you would even do that to me kind of moments where— Because we're human. Something has happened, and it is held over the perp, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Perpetrator. And, yes. And— <laughs> Now, all of a sudden, we have to enter into the world of how do I forgive? How yeah. do I move forward from the hurt and the pain? And when we talked about this some last week in the show with the rebooting your sex life, particularly, right, the sexual sabbatical. particularly how you were so well versed in your path and the journey you have with a lot of women in dealing with sexual trauma and baggage and abuse. Yep. That lots of times you you there has to be an element of forgiveness that comes with that, but there's also elements of forgiveness that have to come along with just married life. Mm. And so, how do you recover from those times and connect and and make it better and move forward? Because I I hear from couples a lot that where there's been something that's happened, be it porn, be it an affair be it lying about finances or job. Or, I mean, there's lots of different things that, that it, so. Sure. It's, the list they, is endless. It could be seen as a betrayal, you know, mm -hmm. if you will, of, of, of the commitment. And, and it's held over their head indefinitely mm -hmm. because their mm -hmm. partner just can't let it go. Right. And so I think we've got to talk about how do we help couples in that moment or in that phase deal with forgiveness on a more up and up, level. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I also have heard from couples where there's just this sense of, are they ever going to let me off the hook? Is my <laughs> spouse ever going to drop this? Is this a prison sentence that it's a lifetime uh, without parole? Right. She, they'll never forget. She or he will never, ever, ever forget what right. I've done. And, and there's this, 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 I think there's this feeling of because they remember it, they haven't forgiven me. But I don't think that the whole forgive and forget scenario no. is humanly realistic. Yeah, it, those and are not the same real. thing. They're not. They're not the same thing. And whereas I think that it's in our human capacity to forgive, I don't think that it's in our human capacity to forget something that was deeply wounding or traumatizing. I mean, just like right. if you have a car accident, you're never going to forget that car accident. You're going to relive those emotions on occasion when you get triggered. So the idea that we're supposed to forgive and totally forget what our spouse has done and never have any feelings associated with it and never bring it up. I just think that that's a really unrealistic expectation to place on your spouse. Okay. And could it even be that a, a, a husband or wife who expects their spouse to totally forget about, forgive it, forget about it and never mention it again. Could it be that they are actually hiding themselves from further processing that and dissecting it and understanding it? Right. Th th there, there has to be a reason why you would expect that it would never be brought up again. And I just, I don't think that that's necessarily a healthy thing. Um, and Corey, when we were talking about, you know, what we wanted to label the show and came up with forgive and forget, 
what came into my mind is like, I remember working with a couple and he had just quite frankly been very emotionally abusive. He had a major anger problem that dated way back to before they had ever met. He did not want to help out in the house. They had four kids. She worked outside the home. She was exhausted and he would just crassly come home from work and prop himself up in front of the TV and, and do that stereotypical male thing of just checking out and expecting her to carry all the weight. Mm -hmm. And it had been years of resentment that had built up in her. And he just kept saying, and, and he had wound up looking at porn because they had become sexually disconnected because she just was not attracted to him when he was so unhelpful around mm -hmm. the house. But one of the expressions that she used with him in trying to help him understand what she needed from him, she said, look, I need you to understand that there's not just a hole in my body that you can plug into to get your needs met. She said, I need you to understand that you have created a hole in my soul. And if you can't try to fill that hole in my soul, I have no interest in ever letting you back in the hole in my body. Okay. And I thought that was a pretty brilliant way to describe okay. what she was feeling. Okay. That I think that there has to be amends made. Right. Before someone can truly forgive in, right. a, in such an intimate relationship as marriage. So let's first off define the word forgiveness. I mean, we've kind of, we've alluded to it that it's not the same as forgetting. That's important. That's an important distinction. Right. Because humanly, we will not forget a lot of the things that happen in life. No matter what we wish we could try to, sure. we, we just won't. Because the amygdala, if nothing else, is going to remember those emotions and that kind of it's stuff. It's a recording and, device. Yep, and that's where it, it triggers itself again. And that's where we get a lot of the emotional reactivity and a lot of the different things that can cause some damage. But when you're talking about forgiveness, what are we talking about? It's a really good question. I've often heard it said that forgiveness is not saying that the person had a right to do what they did. It's not right. justifying their it's not behavior. It's not condoning it. Right, right, right. And it's not ignoring the pain that right. it caused. Right. But it is saying, I don't have to hold this over you forever to recreate a sense of power, whereas I felt powerless before. I, okay. I don't, you, you don't owe me anything. Right. That would I, be a great way to put it. That I, you don't owe me anything. Here's your free get out of jail card. I'm not going to hold it over your head. It doesn't mean I'm going to forget it. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to be triggered about it, but I'm not going to beat you over the head with it intentionally. Okay. I'm not going to hold you in a prison cell of unforgiveness. Okay. I, I because, like it this way that forgi okay. forgiveness is releasing what happened and choosing to move forward in your life and your relationship. I like that. That it's, I it's like that a I'm, lot. I'm going to acknowledge it and move forward. And that's a choice. And I think that's what's going to predicate everything else we talk about on this show is that choice. Okay. Because if you're talking about from the emails I've heard, from clients I've heard from, that I feel like I can never make up for this. I, it is always held over my head. It always comes back to bite me. Because she won't let it go. He won't let it go. Whatever, whoever it is. That if you're talking about forgiveness, it is a choice to move forward. That doesn't mean, like we've pointed out already, that I'm not going to have stuff that's going to come back that I still need to unpack and deal with and address. But there's a difference between dealing with something and making somebody make up for it. Holding them accountable for it. Okay. There's, there's a difference between those two. What comes to my mind is that notion of unforgiveness is the equivalent of drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. 
because let's be real. Sometimes right. we need to forgive, not just for the other person's sake, but for our own sake, because I don't think any of us wants to become an angry, bitter old person, but we've seen it. We've seen people who carry wounds and hurts throughout their life. And they literally become stumped over scrunched faced, angry right. old people right? because they don't know how to let it go. Right. So, um, so let's, let's, let's keep talking then because the idea is if, if we're talking about forgiveness, because a lot of times what I see happens is there's been a betrayal and I'm just going to label it as such, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean an affair, but there's been something that has really caused direct impact hurt to a partner. So we're talking about now having to recover from that, reestablish something different and deal with something different going forward. And a lot of times where forget lack of forgiveness where it plays out most is it becomes the marriage then is controlled with through the tyranny of the lowest common denominator. So mm. it's whoever has is holding on to something the tightest they're going to control it. You know that that that's the low desire concept, if you will, on from a different perspective. But it's it's recognizing that's what bogs things down because yeah. you're talking about how you, it, it's the perpetual how could you do this to me. And, and I want to offer up straight off the bat, when you're talking about how could you do this to me, my question whenever I hear that in my office is, what exactly did they do to you? Yeah, that, that was my question is, did they do it to their spouse or did they do it to themselves? That's the bigger question. That's the bigger question. Yeah. So then it starts to switch to where now it's not about what exactly did they do to you? It becomes... Why are you with, or what are you doing with somebody that would do that to themselves? Right. That's boy. Talk about a whole paradigm shift. That's a there. different concept. Because altogether. now they're not a victim. Yep. Now they're not a victim. Now they do have choices. Right. Of, do I want to stay with this person? Right. Know what I know now. Because there's far. I mean, we are far too sophisticated as people to not play out the game to where we can be perpetrators from a victim standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we do it a lot in marriage. Right. And it wreaks all kinds of havoc. And what's so amazing about that is the person that's being the perp from the victim, they're thinking they're all virtuous because I was not the one that did this, but you're the one equally causing his equal amount of damage. Takes two to tango. After the fact. Yeah. So it's like you've got to be willing to confront self on the role you played in whatever happened. Not that, oh, they Corey, can, that, not that that, that just can, sounds like that sounds like such big boy boxer and big girl panty it is. activity like it is. to really to really rise above what's been done to you and look at the part that you played in the whole dynamic that created the mess. Right. That takes a really mature, sophisticated person. It, it does. And it typically happens when we get punched in the gut. <laughs> that, yeah. That we when, have no other choice. Right. That you have to start to recognize, OK, what's my role in this? I mean, early in. Pam and I's marriage, I emotionally strayed five years in emotional affair. We obviously recovered and that set the stage for who we are and who I am today. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. That was one of the best things as odd as that sounds for me to have happened in my life. An (laughs) affair will either make or break a marriage. It doesn't always have to break it. It doesn't. But one of the, I still vividly remember conversations we had after the fact where Pam was asking questions of, 
What's my role in this? And some of it she was asking because she wanted honest, what's going on with you in regards to me that you're looking for, I'm I'm not doing. And then she also at the same time, which is even better, came at it from the stance of, I recognized I was just, I didn't like you. I didn't like me. I was just at work all the time. I was too consumed in this. And she kind of recognized some of the stuff that was her doing and, and did what she needed to do for her. Mm-hmm. In that regard, At, asking the question, um, what met, what needs were not being met in this marriage that led you to believe that you could get them met better in a different relationship? Mm-hmm. That's a very mature question. It is, but it's also but it's an empowering question. Well, see, that's where it's uh, it's that's a struggle for me because that's a that's a good question and a bad one. Okay. Because How so? it, it leads towards a fused mindset where it's thanks all because if she would have if I would have said, well, if you would have just made yourself more sexually available to me anytime I wanted, then that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have strayed, quote unquote. And it's like, no, that is not at all true. Because And that still, sounds like a cop out. It is. But it also still comes down to I'm the one that was the cause of my own demise. That's it. It's not You her. shot yourself in the foot. Right. She didn't shoot It's not her. It's me. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's recognizing I've got to confront me differently. And that's what brought it all out in the first place. Well, that's where I yeah. finally told her what all was going on because I was up. I still remember four or five nights in a row, three o'clock in the morning, sitting at the window, staring out into the backyard with my with my uh, German shepherd, Marley, her head resting in my lap. And I'm just sitting there wondering, who am I? This is not mm-hmm. who I am. This is ridiculous. You know, kind of just really soul searching. Not in line with your values. Exactly. I was way out of line with my own integrity. And so it was recognizing that's my path forward to freedom for me. So because I I don't believe we live in a marriage or, or should have a marriage where we're not seeking our needs from another person and hopefully willingly giving them to our partner as well to meet theirs. Mm-hmm. But it's that fine line of going to an extreme sets up the scenario of now all of a sudden I think I can control my partner by constantly giving them what they need. No, does not at all. Cause some of it, they have to confront themselves and deal with on their own level of what do I want yeah. and what do I need? And am I seeking it from the best in me or not? Actually, that's a great, while, while I'm thinking, we just had an email come in to feedback sexy marriage radio.com mm-hmm. right before we started I know recording. which one you're talking about. And yep. she, she brought it up of we talk about coming out of fullness, not emptiness. But what if you're empty? Mm. Well, being able to confront my, my counsel would be being able to say, I'm coming at this from a state of emptiness. So this might seem a little more needy is actually a little more full than empty. So you're actually, you're, at least you're acknowledging exactly the, the you're, emptiness. You're saying that, straight out, Hey, I need to know we're okay. And it's coming from an area of, of, of neediness. Yes. And yes, it, by acknowledging it, that immediately changes what you're seeking. Yeah. And I want to call attention to a dynamic that I think is very important for everybody to consider if you feel as if you're the one who's been sinned against, is that sometimes it's not just the pain of what happened in the current, in the now with your spouse. Sometimes it's that what your spouse has done reminds you so much of a much older pain that right. was inflicted upon you by someone else entirely, that it's basically, they ripped the scab off of an old wound and they poured salt into it. So for example, um, I know we worked with a couple that, um, that 
the dynamic was that he had looked at porn and initiated potential contact with someone. He didn't follow through with it, but it was just, you know, he explored the possibility years earlier and she had just never been able to let that go. But as we dig further into her childhood history, I learned that, yeah, as a teenager, her father was a porn addict and had an affair and that's how their her that's how her parents marriage ended okay. so you know he he immediately i mean he he recognized the error of her way, of his ways he shut down that communication with that other person he tried to get his life and his marriage right back on track and, and i'm not saying that she didn't have a right to her feelings but i do think that we need to not hold our spouse responsible for feelings that are produced by people that were in our lives long before we ever even met our spouse. Like, how can you, how can you punish your spouse for something that daddy did to you 20 years earlier, 30 years earlier? It's just not fair. But, but also what a great opportunity to heal in real time from what dad did earlier. Well, I was gonna say to heal both things, right? It can be a dual duty thing, two birds, one stone, right? Cause you're, cause you're also confronting then going forward with your partner. All of those feelings that you felt as a child can be brought to the surface. Mm-hmm. As Marilyn Meberg says, you have to feel it to heal it. Yep. And so the fact that she is feeling it so deeply and so keenly, strike while the iron is hot. Yep. Focus not just on what your husband did, but focus on what, what your dad did and how that made you feel. And you could come out a much, much stronger person as a result. Because what doesn't kill you does make you stronger. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. So just um, let, let me add, because um, there are some people that have found us for something and then they stayed because of the psychobabble. So let me add a moment of psychobabble. <laughs> um, there is a component. Uh, um, healing and forgiveness is cyclical in nature. Okay. Okay. That when there's been a betrayal, typically the first year is rough. You know, you got yeah. lots of stuff because especially if you're if the betrayal is uh, something like a, an affair or porn, that it's it's something that was ongoing. And the way it was found out was, ooh, it was discovered in real time. It's not something that was talked about from years ago. Right. So there's that first year of, well, this time last year you were X. This time last year this was going on. So it's 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 a rough year. Know mm-hmm. that going in. But there's also a cyclical nature of a six-month to a year, a six-month and a 12-month, an 18-month, a 24-month, and then we're talking yearly anniversaries. Annual, yeah. Right. Of you're going to have down times. You're going to have frustrations. You're going to be edgy. You're going to be moody while you're dealing with that. And that was one of the hardest things I had to learn with Pam was August is not a good month. Because that's, that's when, when everything came out. Yeah, that's when I yeah. that's when I disclosed. That's actually when everything happened because it was real short lived. But it it was one of those that came out. So August, the date I'm not even going to disclose. But it, it that's when it's rough. And so even five years later, we were in a really good spot, doing well. And August would roll around. I would have forgotten, but still kind of been edgy and not knowing why I was edgy. And she'd come home. And I'm like, what's going on? And she would explain, well, I'm just back in it. Mm-hmm. And it, my human nature guy, nice guy in me wants to apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. And it, but what else do I have to apologize for in that regard? Nothing. I already had. I'm making right. a means, amends to it, and I'm doing what I could in you a different life. Course. Right. So what I needed to learn then was how do I walk alongside giving her room to deal with her? Right. 
And that's a hard, right. scary place to be. But it's the exact place that she needed you to be. She needed you to walk alongside her and recognize her pain. Right. But it's also one that I needed her to deal with her stuff to choose me. Because mm-hmm. I don't want her just to stay just because. Out of obligation. Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's that whole, how many, ti- how many times have you heard where there's been an affair and in a client and they say, you know, if it happens again, we're done. Well, it, it's like they're taking this. And I understand there's a component of, yeah, look, we're, we're now realizing what's really going on. And we both know what we're capable of. And we realize how we both contributed. So if it does happen again, yeah, that, that is a, I'm out. But the, if I come at it from the, well, if it happens again, almost virtuous side of it, I'm still choosing to stay with you, even though it happened. So I'm, I'm allowing part of the pain I'm bringing upon myself. So if I put a hundred percent of it on your shoulders, I'm in the wrong because I'm choosing to stay. So part of this is my own choice. And that's where I want to come back to forgiveness is choosing to move Mm. forward. Yeah. And, and choosing to take control of a situation or to exercise your power to forgive that is very empowering. Yep. It, it When you take the high road, you feel really good about yourself. Yep. You just do. Um, and one of the ways that I would hope that folks can reframe a major trauma like that is look at that season or that experience as a spiritual marker yeah. of how far you've come since yeah. then. Uh, like I know for me, uh, when, when I had the emotional entanglement that I had many, many years ago in Dallas that led us out to East Texas, it was at Easter time that that started. And okay. so for Easter, you know, I always associate that with, oh, I remember making those banners for the church. and uh, But then I go, but wait a minute, he has risen yep. and I rose above the yep. temptation. Absolutely. I did the right thing. I closed off the, 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 in, the points of entry and I stuck with it. And so you can let those experiences be something that makes you proud of yourself. It uh, makes you sure proud of the marriage created that's a that's a differentiated stance in the sense that you recognize the good and the bad that's the one thing i have couples or people that have asked me when they've because they've had the affair they're the ones i've they've looked at porn and they're like they're shocked at themselves you know because mm-hmm. none of us go into it thinking oh well okay right. i'll just go do that if this doesn't work out you know so there is i see it as hey if nothing else you're fuller because you recognize what you're capable of. Now, what do you want to do about that? Yeah. It's kind of a falling upward concept. Yep. Of, we don't always fall downward. Sometimes yep. we fall and then realize who we really do want to become. And we strive harder to be that person. Yeah. So it really can draw us closer to God and closer to self-awareness. Yep. Yeah. I love that. What we're capable of. We yeah. all need to be very aware of what we're capable yeah, of. Yeah. Because we need, rec- safer people. Yeah, we need to recognize. My kids just asked the other day because it's spring break, you know, while we were recording this and we were camping. And while we were driving home, uh, one of them was reading from the Action Bible. And so he actually said, Dad, what would have happened if Adam and Eve hadn't have eaten from the tree? You know, (laughs) what what would what what would like, you know, he's eight. So he's like, what what would the world what would the world be like? Would we be here? You know what? And I'm like, well, somebody would have done it. Just because people, if Eve hadn't done it, because people are people. Shannon would have. <laughs> wow, um, Eve, you know, Eve maybe scot free, but maybe Adam was wandering by himself one day and did, or one of the kids did, you know. So it's just, but it's just recognizing we are capable. We have the best in us, and we have the worst in us. 
Yes, we are all a combination of good right. and bad. And so the only, and this answers the question from the emailer of when I'm coming from emptiness, the best in us can call out the worst in us because the worst in us denies its own existence. Mm, so our shadow self yep, tries to hide. So being able to confront my role in things that have happened. I did not cause it. And so this goes back to the forgiveness idea. I did not cause it. You know, I didn't cause my spouse to go look at porn, have an affair, lie about money, whatever, whatever. I contributed to help create the possibility. Yes. Did I cause it? No. I don't believe marriage yeah. is linear like that. I agree. So I totally agree. And if, and if you and if you're listening to this going, but I do think li marriage is linear. Let me ask you this at it from a different way. So you're telling me every time you initiate sex the same way it works every single time. Yeah, you never no. hear a no. No one ever. <laughs> right. Never does it happen that way because it's not linear. So right. it's recognizing there's lots of things that, that, that fit in to make this circular causality that happen mm -hmm. in marriage. My job for forgiveness going forward is am I owning mine? Am I confronting my role in it? And if yeah. you want more, I got to do a little plug just because I've got two a two part article on simple marriage. So if you just go to simplemarriage.net, go to this go to the nav, uh, down on the sidebar where there's a search feature, type in forgiveness, you'll see them. And they're really drawn out on here's two here's distinct paths to follow for forgiveness and hopefully that helps. Awesome. Awesome. It reminds me of when I was walking in Australia uh, on, along a beach, there was this big circular pattern of footprints. Uh, a bridal party had gotten together and taken off their shoes and they made this big design in the sand. And then the next day I was walking the same path, but there was absolutely no trace of those footprints. Okay. And I thought, okay, that is so cool that, that, you know, the tides have just come yeah. in and just erased all that. And that's the same way it is with our sin and our shortcomings. Yes. That, that, that God really does forgive and forget, but we have to remember that our spouse isn't God. Right. <laughs> they, they may be able to forgive, they won't forget, but that's okay. It doesn't yeah. have to be a bad thing. It can be a spiritual marker of how far you've come right. since that season. Forgetting is a spiritual thing. That's, yes. a, that's a God thing. Forgiving though, that's a process that we can do. And so my hope for you guys out there that are listening and this strikes a nerve and it, and it feels like it's hitting home is, is have the courage to, to confront the worst in you. To, to see what is my job? What's my role? How have I set up this scenario by maybe I overreact? Maybe I don't live a trustworthy way. Maybe I don't, whatever it might be, because the best in you will find your path forward. That's what's, that's just always happened. The best in us finds our best path forward. That's it. That's totally true. And you will inspire the best in your spouse when they see you doing that. Most likely you will, but if you don't, Hopefully. you're still better off. Yes. Because you're yes. confronting things better. And that's because you're matters. not drinking the poison. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, this is been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, whatever you're doing, whatever it whatever it is, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. So yep. hope to see you here in this area June twenty third to the twenty sixth. At the getaway. Yep. We love you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.